Hey bestie, it's Chad the Diamond, and you're listening to Beauty and the Guest, my very own podcast where I probe my guests from all spheres of life to talk about, well, anything and everything. From life advice, careers, mental health, relationships, pop culture, politics, the list goes on. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it means to be a modern-day human trying to survive, and how one can find the beauty in all of it. In this episode, I am hanging out with my longtime friend, Nicole. Now, I've known Nicole for over half of my life, which is so crazy to think about. Nicole is smart, funny, thoughtful, honest, animated, and someone whose counsel I have sought and valued from my literal preteen years to now. We talk about a number of different things. The main thing or main theme that she gets into is the concept of reimagination. What does it look like to reimagine everything in your life? To redefine who you are, what your purpose is, what happiness or success means to you. She talks to me about the illuminating effect reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle had on her how it's helped her to remain in the present moment more often, and how it's quieted down her ego, which, honey, I needed to hear about this topic. As someone who battles with anxiety, turning down the noise of the ego and staying present is an essential practice for peace. Nicole has had to change a lot of her previously held ideas about what her life should look like, the timeline of when things should happen, or specifically what things need to happen for her to be happy. And discussions like this make me happy because it helps me give myself more of a permission to change the rules that I or people thrust upon me. Baby, there's things I like thrusted upon me, but rules are not it. It feels so good to allow yourself to just say, fuck it and not attach your identity to certain outcomes or your current situation. All right, I'm gonna wrap this intro up and let's get into the episode with Nicole. Hey, 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 check it, baby. <laughs> Wait, girl, do you have headphones? Maybe. Because every time I speak, it's going to cut you off completely. That's true. You're like, yeah, that's true. Does nothing about it. <laughs> for everyone who's listening, Nicole is literally looking for her headphones. First of all, she's 30 minutes late to the podcast. And she doesn't have headphones. We love an unprepared queen. We're at the bottom of my purse. Open your purse. (laughs) (laughs) Make a mirror. You know, to be honest, this is the most put together I've looked on this podcast. Period. And um, like all the other interviews I've done, I'm in my pink robe, no eyebrows, hair a mess, completely unprepared. I barely know who the guest is. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I have a question. Are you going to post this on YouTube? I'm gonna not the video. I'm gonna post the audio. Yeah, the audio on YouTube. Because I don't IGTV. have the other things. What's that? Spotify. Oh. Oh yeah, you don't because you buy your music on iTunes. You literally yeah. pay a dollar, sometimes a dollar ninety-nine. Well, no, a ni- ninety-nine cents. I think it's like a dollar twenty-nine. Oh, a dollar twenty-nine. Yeah. yeah. Nicole is one of the only, really the only person I know who buys every piece of music that she listens to she doesn't she's not a streamer wait so who are you why are you why am I interviewing you (laughs) okay first of all why were you 30 minutes late we scheduled to have this interview at 7 p.m you said let's push back at 7 30 and I thought typical um 
she's probably just waking up um no <laughs> or getting I had, my, still- I had no I had a nail appointment at four mm-hmm. Home girl was running late strike one and then I went to Walmart strike two the, the bitches were right period <laughs> period strike two <laughs> I went to Walmart the bitches had no cucumbers <sighs> strike two <laughs> and they had like one cashier right and and then <laughs> they had one cashier at the super the super walmart no dead ass right <laughs> dead ass and then i went to makai got some hawaiian food there was like five people in front of me and everyone wanted to order for them and their mom well but you know okay. it's still my fault <laughs> but you know well, it worked out because it gave me time to eat. I always uh, mismanage my time. I always say yes to a certain time commitment. And then I find that it's 15 minutes before that thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't slept. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm outside. Right. <laughs> oh no. First of all, I need to introduce you because no one knows who the fuck you are. We met in middle school. We hit it off and we talked on the phone literally every damn day. I am not exaggerating when me and this bitch talked every fucking day after school. I'm so charming. Like. (laughs) Charming or charming or threatening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we would talk every day and literally we would just talk about the day we would be like oh my Mm -hmm. god yeah girl so first period this happened and she said this and I felt that and I saw this and I laughed and she said that joke and he said this and the teacher made us do that and I felt that that's literally what we did all the time (laughs) and (laughs) oh gosh shout out to bitches who used to used to like to talk on the phone Right. I feel like as an adult, I still am okay with talking on the phone, but so many adults aren't. Like so many people our age are like, fuck talking on the phone. Like they make like whole memes about it. And I feel like (laughs) what happened was if you were the kind of bitch that would talk on the phone in your like pubescent years. Exactly. Like now as an adult, like it's just like second nature. It's easy. But I feel like people who weren't on that, on that like Lizzie McGuire fun mm-hmm. phone, like <laughs> right with the with like, the three way we have Gordo, Miranda, and Lizzie oh on the God. same screen. No, for real. I mean, if you were not talking on the phone when you were younger, I don't think you're just going to be into it as an adult. I'm into it as an adult. I'd rather talk on the phone. I think people are just I don't know why. I I don't know why. Maybe they 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 feel awkward. They don't know how to. People be feeling awkward. And I'm like, but why? I know. You just say what you say and then you hang up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do in a conversation. Or or you could just be on the phone not saying nothing. Well, you need to be, you need to be talking to a person who is okay with that. Right. Because a lot of people are uncomfortable with silence. Right. They think they have to fill it with some noise or some. Exactly. Something. Exactly. So let's just sit in silence the whole time. (laughs) So yeah, we talked on the phone um, every damn day from sixth grade to your first year of college. <laughs> right. <laughs> to clarify, not our first year. Yes. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> Let's talk about what we talked about last time we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that really stro- stroked me <laughs> One thing that strike to me, uh, one thing that <laughs> strike me about our last conversation, which was about a week ago, I went to your um, pad 
and <laughs> crib crib and we um first of all thanks for dinner and um Wasn't we it so fire i'll send you the recipe okay great and well, I, no i won't <laughs> no you <laughs> won't no you won't <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we talked a lot about well you know everything and anything and one thing that striked me was this phrase that you kept saying was we you have to reimagine reimagine blank whatever topic we were talking about you 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 ended it would be like yeah and that's why we have to reimagine blank Mm-hmm. that's just been like the theme of the year right like yeah can you talk about that like what's the tea <laughs> like you read I know you read um Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth this year oh my god it changed my life I guess yeah. let's start there like what were you pre-New Earth and how are you now post-New Earth pre-A New Earth I would say I was more unsure on like an existential level and then post new earth i feel like very cool calm collected confident in my like purpose can you explicitly say what your purpose here on earth is i think your purpose is constantly changing and like moment to moment Mm -hmm. right so like wait by the way um when you keep shifting around the your sweaters like kind of rubbing against your microphone. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. So like, for example, like today I feel inspired to uh, volunteer for the Trevor Project, which I applied for and I have to wait a few months to get a response because they get so many applicants, but I'm so excited. But anyway, and you know, like maybe that'll that'll be what I feel today, right? And for the next year's commitment, and then maybe it'll be something else. Maybe I'll be drawn to be a lawyer or run for office or, right. you know, and I think it's just a moment to moment thing. And it's about being present and conscious constantly and to practice that and uh, to constantly kind of be tuned in to your consciousness. This is what Eckhart taught me <laughs> in a new earth. <laughs> so. Now, why does this, why do you feel better having that state of mind and that way around the world how did it feel like before did you feel like you had to have a purpose that wasn't changing or was the purpose you had to know what you had to do in life and who you had to be I mean I didn't really think about my purpose beforehand because I didn't even know if I believed in that even being a thing right because it's kind of like it has to be something outside of you designating exactly and I'm very agnostic yeah so that was always very tricky for me you know and so I before I would constantly bounce back between oh my god maybe like all this means something and we should like you know give that a go or actually maybe none of this means anything and we're just um, primates on a little rock in the middle of the universe. That like- is me. <laughs> that is me. Once- what, are you agnostic? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean- That's literally right, what that's it means to be agnostic. <laughs> are you agnostic? agnostic? I don't know. Then you're agnostic, right? right? I'm yeah. agnostic about agnosticism. Um, yeah, Can we I define just, agnostic for the viewers? Because I feel like when well, I can hear you define this, it? Because I I'm a dumb bitch. I literally don't know. Uh, period. Um, no. So I. 
Because every time I hear this word being thrown around, people don't know what it actually means and they use it wrong all the time. And as an agnostic person, I would like to confirm that the definition, you know what, let me get my dictionary app just so I can, like girls who got dictionary apps on their phones got that gushy pussy. Got wop. Got that (laughs) wop. Got that body yaddy 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 yaddy. How do you spell agnostic? <laughs> it's like egg e g. <laughs> Girls who got a dictionary got wop. How do you spell? <laughs> All right, agnostic. A person who holds the view that any ultimate reality, such as God, is unknown and probably unknowable. So one who is not committed to believing in either the existence or the non-existence of God or a God, right? Right. And I think the key word is committed, not committed, because it doesn't mean that you literally are in this constant state of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Or you won't, you won't behave as if you don't know anything. Mm, mm. Like you, I think it's natural for humans to behave as if we have some sort of certainty in something because that's just how it's going to work. And I would also say agnostic does not mean atheist, right? So if you think about the word atheist, it means someone who believes that there is no God. Yeah. Right? So that's someone who is who feels certain yeah. that there is no God, right? A theist is someone who believes that there is a God. And then you have monotheist, polytheist, and so on and so forth. Um, And then agnostic is like, you're literally like, "Mm, I don't know, like there, maybe there is, and maybe there isn't, right? So when we talk about like science and people who are scientists, most scientists are not atheists. Most scientists are actually agnostic, right? Because science does not prove that there is a God, but Mm -hmm. it also doesn't prove that there is no God. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So that's why like, Yeah. So I feel like that's what best describes me personally. And (laughs) shout out to my agnostics and (laughs) our constant state of like uncertainty and discomfort. Because I feel like being agnostic, it's like, I don't know, I I admire people who are theists, you know, because I feel like there's so much comfort. Do you kind of envy them in a way too? Yeah. You know, but also I feel like I, I didn't choose to be agnostic. I feel like this isn't something that you choose. I feel like it's almost like sexuality. Like it, you're kind of just born that way. Like I remember having mm-hmm. agnostic thoughts at five years old. Like I remember my family yeah. didn't take us to church or anything. Thank God. But you know, occasionally we like went with grandma or something. And I remember thinking to myself, like at five years old, like that's a nice story about Jesus, but maybe that's not real. And maybe it is like, I remember having those thoughts and wow. I don't know, ever since then, I just feel like this weird like I it's it's hard to get comfortable when things are you know going wrong in life or (laughs) when when you're having shitty days it's hard to like lean into like knowing that everything will work out pre-Eckhart like this these were kind of my thoughts and I don't want to come off like I'm just completely pessimistic um because I'm not, and I can't be if I work in social work. I don't believe that someone can be pessimistic in social work. Like, you literally won't do a good job. But, um, you know, and so Eckhart has really helped me with practicing gratitude, practicing being present and being conscious in your presence. And that at the end of the day, that's all all of us have right and is the ability to kind of just be still and he kind of talks about 
how he, he talks about the collective consciousness a lot and how all of our jobs are to just do our best every day. And hopefully and eventually like shit will bend toward justice. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's true. I feel like we we see that, right? Like obviously we're better than we were 500 years ago, but yeah. I don't know. I think I just kind of like, I don't know. It kind of helped me step outside of myself and look at us as a human species as a whole and look at my life and not take it so personally. Like, I kind of just feel like, all right, I'm conscious in this body. Like, what can I do to like have the best time I can? And that's all of, that's all any of us can do. And maybe my wildest dreams will come true, but maybe they won't. And that's okay. Right. Eckhart kind of starts the book with kind of explaining like human beings and like why we're so like effed up a little bit and he kind of compares us to other animals and he's like listen at the end of the day we're animals but because we you know have bigger brains and we use our thoughts more we also become tortured by our thoughts and this is something that other animals don't we don't think they experience or they wouldn't in the same way Mm -hmm. you know like other animals aren't suicidal for example Mm -hmm. like um other animals aren't like other animals don't feel self-pity right like Uh and like this is what we observe but like us as human beings we are tortured by our thoughts constantly and it cripples us right and so the key is to try to use our thoughts and like shift it toward like use your thoughts and your present present consciousness and like do the best with it you can Um, and try to separate yourself from the ego, from the self, from identifying yourself with other things, including your body. Like there's just, he just, he, he gets, he, he goes in. Okay. Can you explain what the ego is and what it means to identify yourself with your ego slash your situation? Cause I think, I think I'm doing that. I think I do that, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so I can, tr- I'm going to try my best to, it mean- to regurgitate what Eckhart says in his book. But basically he says that, first of all, we don't need to label the ego as being bad, right? It is what it is. And it's good for us to be able to step outside and recognize it and see it and not identify with it. So he describes the ego as basically you identifying with with other things like with that aren't your 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 essence right and your consciousness you're attaching yourself with these things that aren't you but you are claiming it as you for example um me attaching myself to uh my 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 child right this is my son or this is my daughter therefore now anything that that child do, does you take it as like a personal attack on your ego I see but it actually has nothing to do with you right like and it doesn't belong to you it isn't yours to take or to have or to keep or to control right and that's like one thing one part of parenting that they say is like the first step is to kind of like you can't like identify yourself with your child in that strong way in the personal way because none of none of that is personal nothing in life is personal right and so um Gosh, it's so hard to explain. Um, I would say another example. (laughs) I'm questioning if you actually read the book now. (laughs) Uh, No, it's just, it's so like, you know, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, and also like attaching yourself with um, your body, 
even, right? So now you look yeah. at yourself and you're like, oh, like I take my, my, my looks personally, right? Like if I don't look good, it makes me feel bad. Why? Because you are claiming your body is like something to attach yourself to and to your identity to, right? But we can't do that, right? We need to detach our identity from other things. And that's everything. Like our identity, who we are, our essence is our consciousness, which everyone has, everyone shares. And what we see in other people when we love them. And that's what we need to kind of focus on more. And it's like behind all of it, right? Because like, for example, like what do you tell someone who has a car accident and is now paraplegic, right? Like- Your microphone is hitting. <laughs> Sorry. Like, what do you tell someone who, um, is uh, it gets in a car accident and is now paraplegic, right? If you have done the spiritual work and you haven't attached yourself to your body and what and things your body can do, then that won't be the end of the world for you. I mean, right. And it's, not to say that that, you know, doesn't deserve grief or that right, people right. are bad for feeling sad about something like that. Like you absolutely have the right to, right. but it's, but it's, right? Like, but you attaching yourself to your body and how it moves is your ego, right? But it's like who you are, what's like inherently worthy, what's inherently lovable is beyond that. It has nothing to do with how you look, what you can do, what you can't do, um, what you have, what you don't have. It has nothing to do with that, right? What I don't does know it that have to sense. do? It does make sense. But what does it have to do with? Is it just because you are here? Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like we are these conscious beings in these bodies that have so much power, right? And with great power comes great responsibility. And I think like moving the collective consciousness forward to make life a dignified experience for everyone is like what we all need to be pushing toward. And that could be anything right that can mean that you are a construction worker whatever that means for you and the body that you are in and the the privileges and the talents that you kind of have and that you are able to do and that you are drawn to that's what you need to do to like move forward the collective consciousness right and part of that is to separate yourself from your ego because that's what holds us back as a collective is all of our egos if that makes any sense. I mean, I would say I mean, like an example that kind of resonated with me is like, you know, everyone loves to talk about capitalism now. It's like a hot word. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's um, and it's a buzzword. And there is a, there's like this anti-capitalism movement, right? Which is totally understandable. I, I completely understand where they come from. But at the end of the day, I kind of had this aha moment where I was like, I don't think the economic systems are the issues in and of themselves, right? I don't think capitalism or communism are the issues or are inherently bad. I think capitalism under, uh, under uh, a government that is, you, is it, that is, uh, that is corrupt, Perverse. right? Right. And that's what ends up making it bad. Capitalism can be ethical right? If we all were to drop our egos, right? Stop attaching ourselves to gaining stupid amounts of wealth, mm -hmm. 
right? Stop attaching ourselves to cheating people and exploiting people in order to gain that wealth, right? That's all ego. Why does any of that matter other than you're attaching yourself and your sense of worth to how much money you have, right? Is it this idea that let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater? What is that? You have never heard? you and these like southern sayings like, <laughs> bless your heart so bless your heart <laughs> from sugar ditch <laughs> oh my god i fucking literally drag drag every i've been watching rupaul's drag race everything's drag everything's a performance and that is drag she is serving a whole fantasy she, and i get it and i'm on, here for it she's on season 14 of rupaul's drag race yes she is i listen <laughs> We're talking I feel like about, once, you, once um, you understand drag and appreciate, once you understand the the yeah, the joke, the joke. Once you're in on the it, joke. then it's like everything is drag. You 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 you're you're yeah, everything's drag. Now yeah. you see it everywhere. You know. Yeah, we're talking about Hilly Holbrook. Hilly Holbrook. <laughs> um, from the Help, <laughs> because me and Nicole love quoting that movie. And we get it, the help problematic, but, but like let's have they some were fun. serving. Like, they, were ser- they were serving. <laughs> like the antagonists were like, yeah. <laughs> like it's I just said, all- I said old coats, not commotes. <laughs> Eat my shit. <laughs> I can't. Um so throwing the baby with the bathwater, it's basically saying you know, don't throw the whole enterprise, basically, if you're just trying to actually get rid of some of the dirtier parts of it. Exactly, right. And especially us as Americans, I think we have a tendency to like, look for shortcuts. Uh, Black and white. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's either good or bad. Um, There's no room for nuance. And we see it all the time on Twitter. Right, Um, right. I have this theory that, mm -hmm. you know how like, I think 40% of Americans have some sort of anxiety or depression. And that's it. <laughs> right? That sounds like 40% know they have anxiety and depression, and 60% think they don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe the the study or the article I read was like 40% know that they have. Or, or no, no, or 40%, there's like an estimated 40% have some sort of anxiety. Cause that is different from actually knowing it and being diagnosed. Mm-hmm. But um, because I have anxiety, I literally, I literally see symptom, symptoms of anxiety everywhere. And it makes me think like, what do you mean? Like me, meaning in, in all things or in, like in other people? I, I literally mean in other people and by that in all things, what people make, oh, the, the, okay. the systems that people make, oh, okay. uh, right, the right. things that have anything to do with humans. So on Twitter, right. when I am reading a back and forth, somebody arguing on Twitter, all I'm seeing is they're not even arguing about the thing that they're claiming to argue about. They're really just defending their ego. And the way they're going about it is it's, it's, yeah, um, it's, fear-based. it's, it's fear-based um, and it's black and yeah, white thinking. Based. There's no nuance. There's no, mm-hmm. it's very, um, everyone is guilty before proven innocent because that's what anxiety does you're very uh, suspicious about going getting on a plane getting in a car talking to this person getting everything is suspicious everyone is suspicious everyone has a an ulterior motive there's no room for grace because grace requires you to have empathy and forgive and, and no not only have empathy for others but it grace requires you to have empathy for yourself first yeah 
right? That's the only because you can't way see other people if you don't see you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I see it, and I'm just like, it's kind of this like matrix thing for me because I'm like, are people even talking about the thing that they're talking about? No, what is even real? Like, you know, yeah. I it's and I feel bad because I, on one hand, I want to believe people when they say that they care about something or that they're fighting for something right. or or they're you know let's say can't let's take cancel culture really quickly when people say I'm trying you know we want to hold these people accountable in my head I'm like but are you equipped do you know what it means to hold people accountable do you have right. the because if I look out with people most people don't have the capacity to treat themselves in a fair way right so I'm really suspicious in people saying that they have the credentials to hold other people accountable when they don't even know how to, you know, talk to themselves and, and, and be kind to themselves and, and hold themselves accountable in like a healthy way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's like, I see people being very hard on themselves all the time. So I just don't believe people have for the most part, have an idea of how to be, I don't know, serve people due process because they don't even do it to themselves. Right. No, like that's, and that's real, right? Like, and, and, and this is like, this is a lot of things. This is like generational trauma. This is like, you know, just like us kind of just regurgitating what we've, what we're thinking and you know, and, and that's why for me, like reimagining Bro, has been like, just take it like a, an inch or two away and um and that's why like for me like the word reimagining has really been like on my mind a lot because I think like Mm -hmm. I think Einstein's right like imagination is more important than intelligence did he actually say that or did we just say that he said that I don't know but (laughs) like I I and I I really really believe that because in order for us to like move forward as a collective consciousness we need to be able to imagine and adapt and um, compromise and adjust and be flexible and be okay with change, right? But I think as humans, we we hate change. But mm-hmm. you were saying about, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, we talked about, how, I mean, the last time I was there, we talked about a lot of things and you kept bringing that word up. We have to reimagine this, we have to reimagine that. And I thought about it when I went home and I just was like, oh my God, I want to reimagine everything now. Yeah. And I want to reimagine um, and redefine or um, detach, detach myself from definition. Do you hear that dog barking? Yeah. Chow, chow. <laughs> okay. Well, she died 10 years ago. <laughs> so it's time to move on. That's like the dog I will forever associate you with. Hold on, let me let me tell Walter to shut the fuck up. Walter, stop it. <laughs> That's literally like I'm gonna tell my mom to shut the hell up. Hey, mom, can you quiet down a bit? Like, <laughs> hey, mom, do you mind? I'm gonna give her a fucking piece of my mind. Hey, hey, mom. Um, can you love your shirt by the way? Um, can you? Right, right. Ew, ew. <laughs> Um, what were we talking about before the dog barking? Reimagining. Oh yeah, reimagining. Went home and you were like, I'm gonna reimagine everything. Oh yeah, I'm gonna reimagine everything. And that's really the tea. Like the day I woke up and I was like, oh shit, I can just do whatever the, whatever the fuck I want. 
Yeah. Like, you know anything what I mean? Could like, be anything. And so f- to give like some actual examples, I would say like reimagining romantic relationships. Yeah. What does that mean? Why? Right. Like, I think we're all, we've all been conditioned, right? With the very heteronormative, mm-hmm. like white uh, Christian, Anglo Saxon, Anglo Saxon. <laughs> um, view on marriage and romantic relationships and how that's supposed to look and uh you know what I mean like we like okay you have to get married you have to live together you have to sleep Mm. in the same bed you have to have the same room you have to you have to only be faithful to each other like you can't hook up with other people right like Mm -hmm. you have to raise your kids to be a certain way you know and I think like to reimagine like whatever makes sense for you, right? I mean, so long as we're keeping our ego in check, obviously, um, I think that's just as good. And so I'm like, wait, I could, I was like, you know what? Like, what do I actually want in my life? I actually do want kids, such a burden. I wish I didn't, but I do. (laughs) And so I thought to myself, like, does that need to be with a husband? Could I do that by myself? Could I, like, how else could I do it? Like, uh, I don't know if I want a cishet man to be the father of my kids. Cause you know, they're kind of, <laughs> you know I would love for the father of my kids to be a queer guy. You know, like I want that for my children. Are you asking for my sperm? Ah! Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what? Is this why you wanted to be on the podcast? Imagine, imagine. You said everything else to like leading up to this as a leader. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that is such a cool idea. But yeah, and I'm like, why can't I just live the life I want to in the way I want to? And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of great um, Black feminists. Uh, Kimberly Foster, I've been listening to her a lot on mm-hmm. YouTube. For She's Harriet. So- for for Harriet period and um you know I mean if you want to get on your intellectual black feminist shit check her out um (laughs) you know and and she says like you know it 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 makes sense because there's so much incentive in our society to do that right there are literal taxes I was gonna ask you about it incentives like money wise right like and so it's totally understandable if someone chooses that and you know but I don't know for me I feel like how would you navigate let's get into that you know if if you don't care about the incentive how does one okay so you 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 decided to redefine everything and you're gonna live authentic authentic girl (laughs) (laughs) authenticity authenticity Italy (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're gonna live authenticity how do you do that consistently I mean my idea would be trying to find your tribe so that it's easier mm. right 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 so and and I think a part of finding your tribe is attracting your tribe right so you need to like have the courage to show up authentically right you know for example I gave myself I gave myself three dreadlocks over the summer because I freaking wanted to, even though I've never seen a girl with poofy hair and three dreadlocks before, you know, but in my brain, I thought that sounded beautiful. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wait, there's one right here. (laughs) Hey, yo, Keisha, come out. Right. Hey, yo, Tatiana, come here. (laughs) 
Not you thinking you were making like a whole new look. Listen, maybe if I but listen, if, I'm, if I get to a point where I'm like really out here, right. like people, like the hell but yeah, that's making, how it like, is. And that's more. And that's what I mean by reimagining actually. too, right? Like it's like right. you don't need wait, to see it. Why can't it. I just? You know, yeah. it looks good to me. I, I like the idea. I love the idea of having dreadlocks, but not committing to a full head of dreadlocks. You know what I mean? If white people can do it, I can do it too. And <laughs> what was I saying before I talked about? Oh, reimagining like romantic relationships. How do you do it? I think one part of finding your tribe is attracting your tribe, right? And for example, with the dreadlocks, like now... I'm going to attract other people with dreadlocks because now I'm walking around with dreadlocks. You know what I mean? Like, and dreadlocks could be anything. It could be whatever your interests are at the time, whatever, like you believe in or whatever. Like, and so, right. That's number one, I think. And well, but also being comfortable with kind of standing in your standing by yourself and being alone, I think is really important too. If the only way you're going to be brave is if someone pushes you to do it, it's like uh, you need to practice being brave by yourself. And I think that's really key too. And that's a practice. What is a moment or what is a, a specific example of something that you wanted to stand alone in for a long time? And then one day you just pushed yourself to do it. Like you were tired of waiting to find somebody who will stand with you. I mean, on the theme of like romantic relationships. <laughs> um, nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> on the theme of like romantic, I feel like I I just, I do that a lot. I think again, like it's a practice. So I can think of little things like me giving myself three dreadlocks um, or wearing my hair naturally or semi-naturally. Um, I think that was like one, two. Um, I would say like uh, with the theme of romantic relationships, like having sex, right? Without waiting for someone to be like my, the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause for a long time I was like, mm, I'm going to wait till I have a boyfriend. And then boyfriends never happened. And I was like, what even is boyfriend? Like, all I know is that I want to just with this person and they're cool. And I think it'll be fine. And it usually is 99% of the time. And so I feel like one thing is being comfortable with being alone. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, I know like you really want a child like that has to happen. Right. Or does it? That's like my number one goal number in life. One goal. But I've become like practicing on becoming okay with like, is that if that doesn't happen, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like, none of this is personal, right? Like I didn't choose to be born in this body. I'm very aware that the statistics are stacked against me. And that's just how it is. That's like where we are in society. Wait, why is it stacked against you? What about you makes it hard? Well, I'm a black woman and statistically black oh. women are <laughs> right <laughs> and statistically oh, <laughs> and statistically black women are the least likely to get married you can look up these statistics every time i tell people this they're always like i don't know i think you're just and i'm like there are there are statistics there are studies um <laughs> like uh yeah so we're the least likely to get married number one mm-hmm. um where the most swipe left on on dating apps tinder has done a study on this okay cupid has done a study on this um right uh you see us the least in interracial relationships you see you see us the least in um like a romantic way on in the media Mm -hmm. right as far as like all women right goes if we're talking in the binary and (laughs) and um 
Yeah. And I've definitely felt that like in this society, like I've definitely felt ugly or undesirable because of my blackness. That's like something I'm constantly having to like remind myself, like, (laughs) you know, um, about that's just what I've just been told. Right. So yeah, like, and, and that, so all the statistics, plus I am cursed with being heterosexual. And so I do want to be with a cishet man, but like, you know, as far as what I want for my children, I want a father who's not going to say a queer phobic comment, you know, and who has worked on themselves emotionally. And I need like that work to be done because God forbid, like, actually, I hope we have a queer kid. We probably will. I think most of us are queer. And I want them to feel comfortable and free. And I feel like being a black woman and the, and being that I really want to find a cishet man that is like so comfortable with himself. Like, you know what I mean? And in a real way, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and not in an egoic way. I think that I find that to be such a challenge. It's like the biggest challenge. And so I don't know if I'll meet one while, you know, my eggs are still cooking. And, okay. I, and at that point, I'm like, you know what? I just, I'm ex- I've accepted the fact that this is where we are in society. This is where, this is the time that I happen to be born. And that's where we are. And it is what it is, right? And all I can do is try my best. I have some fire round questions for you. Ooh. Pew, 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 pew. All right. I have that as a sound effect. It's time for fire round questions. Wait, is that real? No. Oh my god, you should. That's copyright, girl. That one second. Yes, it is. That's a shame. I her sound effects on Queen Radio kill me. She is a whole nutcase, and she's my birthday twin. Which mine is Miley Cyrus. <sighs> I know. Same day, my, same month, same year. Yeah, yeah. Nikki's older than me, but same day, same month, and I feel like I understand her as a Sagittarius. Uh, yeah. Me too. So I can't hate her, but she's nutty as hell. She's she a calm a, down. She is a nutty, and, and I love her. Tell us what the hell she named her child. Like, why is that a You're secret? Right. I think she named why it is that, 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 that. <laughs> Oh my god! There's this one clip of hers that's like circulating on TikTok. It's very, it's a very popular sound, and it's her from Queen Radio, and it's a snippet. It goes, she just says, "Bro, people should never laugh," and then you hear a bomb go off <laughs> at the end. Oh my God. So it's like, bro, people should never laugh. And that's it. It's that's like, the whole damn, like. And then like people like do a TikTok where it's like the, the meme is like me, I don't know, something about being broke. And then they're like yeah. laughing and then they hear the sound and they immediately stop. <laughs> <laughs> bro, people should never laugh. Right, like <laughs> me on Twitter instead of working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you're like laughing at a meme. <laughs> oh. All right, here's here's the fire round questions. What makes you feel beautiful? <laughs> what makes you feel? <laughs> um, what makes me feel 
beautiful. Hmm. When I shower and get dressed and put on the mascara, hair poofy, dreadlocks dreadlocking, me in like my standard outfit, which is probably like no bra. a sundress, no bra, flip flops, cute as hell. Mm-hmm. Me just dressing how I, however I feel, mm-hmm. I think makes me feel beautiful. But on the inside, working with kids, honestly, is like, they are such a great mirror. Mm-hmm. And especially working with kids, they have more of a tendency than adults to see the best in you. That is so true. Kids will for- forgive you really fast. Really fast, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, and it's really beautiful. But also like when you're young and you're not jaded, like life is so great, right? And so that's how you see the yeah. world, you know? Like, and so, yeah. I, I love working with young people, with youth, with kids. So much better than working with adults. Ugh, I hate adults. <laughs> They're so boring, right? They're like, so fucking mean. The kids are like, first of all, kids are inherently queer. That's Ugh, number one, right? So right? Like, inherently, you can't tell me anything. Like, reg- right? Like, that's the age where you will wear a fucking tutu and ballet slippers to the store because that's what you felt like it right right it's like not until somebody told you right that's when you will wear right your spider-man whatever onesie mm-hmm. like to walmart because you felt like being spider-man that day mm-hmm. like that's so queer like tell me that's not right like and so yeah kids okay. are refreshing i feel most beautiful around them because they help me see the consciousness in me right that's really nice nicole um what quote do you often say to yourself that helps you get through whatever (laughs) i should be like oh well (laughs) (laughs) you're like it'd be like that (laughs) it'd be like that it is what it is (laughs) but honestly though like it really to just kind of like that ain't got nothing to do with me, right? Like, I don't mm. know, variations of all of those things, I would say. It wasn't me. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> no, well. <laughs> like, honestly, though, like a variation These of are like, very helpful. Of like, oh, I know, they're like not helpful <laughs> at all. And that's the crazy thing, too, about like these little quotes or like spiritual teachings is like you can hear these things your whole life but it actually takes like you to really believe it for it to actually work for you (laughs) so it's like you can really you can I can sit here and read Brene Brown to somebody and it will not resonate with someone who is not ready for it that is very true even though I'm like reading it in plain English and like I know they're comprehending but it's like there's something about practicing like Um, currently I now know I'm ready to read a new earth I just instinctively knew I wasn't ready for it for years. Me too. That's how I felt. I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that. I don't think I'm ready for meditation or practicing gratitude or journaling every day like Oprah. Like, yeah. even though I know that like, there are studies that prove that these work, whatever. Yeah, like, you just weren't ready to just, not be bitter. It, yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to stay hateful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and that's your ego, right? And that's like what feels 
And like, once you realize like not to attach yourself to that and that doesn't define your worthiness or lovableness, it's really the end of it. I mean, I will say like, honestly, at this point in time, it's like some version of like, it is what it is, is what I say to myself. I think that's honestly like a spiritual practice to be like, you know what, like the current state is neither inherently good or bad. It just is right. Like, and all I need to do is be and then be present and be conscious and try my best and none of it's personal and I'm going to die one day, but hopefully when I reach that day, I will feel like I did my best to, you know, to progress the collective consciousness. I'm scared to die. Okay. My next question. Aren't we all <laughs> bitch? I don't even want to think about it. It's actually, I'm actually scared to die now. Like I, mean, I, I don't have religion. I don't have Christianity to make me feel good about it anymore. But Christianity was making you feel bad about it. No, I mean, for the most part, it made me feel good about it. Oh, because heaven. Yeah. Now I, now I don't, I don't know what governs this universe. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know if I'll come back on earth and I don't want to come back. I'm tired. Period. I feel like that bitch from uh, Soul where she's like, girl, I don't want to go to earth. That's me. That right. Was me. Is all this living really worth yeah. dying for? Listen, for real? Soul, don't like, get me started on Soul. Um, period. So is all this living really worth dying for? I mean, I don't know. Right. But like, that's the thing is like, you don't need to know, like, why do you need to know? Right. Or maybe you do know inherently, right? Like maybe we all know inherently. I, Oprah asks all of her guests on super soul Sunday, like rapid fire questions at the Mm -hmm. end. And one of the questions is what do you think happens when you die? I asked Martin that which if you listen to the episode, you'd know. Um, I don't have Spotify! Are you going to pay for a Spotify membership? Are you going to give me that password? I'm so, are you going to give me $5? That was a wrongly directed shade at you. I, You are right. You told me you don't have Spotify. I told you, put, post that on YouTube and I got you. Right, right, right. I got you. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, she asked like her guests, like, what do you think happens when you die? And okay, what would you say? Oprah answered the question by saying, or I can't remember who she interviewed, mm-hmm. but basically the person was like, I think we kind of just right now we are in, we are confined to our bodies. And I think that once our body dies, like we will then kind of go back to everything. God damn. And Oprah said that she thinks the same thing too. And I kind of think that too. Like, I kind of feel like my consciousness is beyond the body. So I feel like it'll just kind of disperse into the rest of everything else, right? And maybe that's the equivalent of like a drop of water going back into the ocean, right? And you'll never be able to, and you'll never be able to, (laughs) and you'll never be able to (laughs) retrieve that exact drop again. Right. Right. So maybe that'll happen. Or maybe like my consciousness will go into the plants or disperse into this plant or that plant or this person or that person or this animal or back into the stars or just back into wherever we were before. So like wherever we were before we were born, like that's where we're going to go back. That sounds fine. I just don't want it to be painful. I just don't want to like suffer anymore. That's really my thing. 
I don't, I just, I want it to be done. I want it to be like, okay, can I just be a fucking tree and just not. And <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah, right. Can I just be a branch? <laughs> like I'll take a leaf for 600, Alex. <laughs> um, Rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, that's like my best guess, but I feel like at the end of the day, I don't know for sure. And honestly, who, who even knows for sure anymore? Homeboy, Larry David. Is that his name? He passed away last year. Yeah. Larry. What did he Larry, say? not David. What's his last name? Larry, Larry King. Larry King. Oh my God. That was David. Anyway. Yeah, who the fuck is- <laughs> I always do this. <laughs> who the fuck is David? <laughs> oh my God. But um, yeah, Larry King. It's so interesting because I vividly remember he was interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson and they were talking about like, death and like the cosmos or whatever and um wait i'm sorry one interruption every time someone says neil degrasse tyson i think of three things i think of neil patrick harris i think of degrassi and i think of tyson chicken stop it you're so ugly oh my god (laughs) ew i hate it i see like all those three things flash before my eyes really quickly we need to rewire your brain (laughs) I mean, we been needed to, but we been needed to, but we now we really need to. <laughs> like me as your therapist, like, okay. Like, <laughs> help. Like, right, oh, right. Like... <laughs> this may not be the place for you. <laughs> but um, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, I, I I like how he thinks. He's um and he's really smart. But yeah. He said that uh he asked like because Larry David or Larry Larry King Larry King was like asking like probing Neil deGrasse Neil deGrasse Tyson about death and he was like well what do you think happens when you die and he's just like kind of evading like kind of like talking about the cosmos and he's like and then Larry King was like I'm scared to die I don't want to I would live forever if I could choose. And and Neil was like, oh, really? Fascinating. And I remember, like, I was trying to find that clip when Larry King passed away because I wanted to post it. But then I was like, is that weird? That's a little weird. He's dead. Like, can we, like, have respect? <laughs> your, <and> not, like... <laughs> your idea Neil... of respect is posting a video of someone saying they don't want to die when they died. Yeah, I mean, there's something so interesting about that. I think that's so fascinating that you you passed away and you are literally on record just a couple of years ago talking about how afraid you are to die. Like, I I know what you mean, girl. It just sounds so. It's like, I just think it's it's funny how you said you didn't want to die and then you died. Yeah, yeah, that's so me. That's literally exactly how it happened. Yeah. And that's why I didn't tweet this. Okay. Yeah. So I did go through that process in my own brain. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's not the best idea. <laughs> you know, like it was like it was a good idea, good effort, but like Yeah. The real ones will know what you mean, but they're hard to come by. So <laughs> I feel like we don't talk about that. And I and I I'm just the queen of talking about the elephant in the room. Like I cannot point, not point out the elephant in the room. I just feel like it takes more energy for me personally to hold it in 
that's just how my body is. Yeah. It's so funny because I see the same thing with Chelsea Handler and I see the same thing <laughs> yes. with humor. I see them have a moment of like, am I about to say this? I, oh, I have to. And then like, <laughs> and right. then she talk oh, about how she to. like hasn't pooped in three days on Oprah, with, on Oprah show and shit. <laughs> And I'm like, girl, but I understand. Like, and there's something so charming about the authenticity and the 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 honesty and the transparency. We're all we're here for it. Yes, we are. Um, what lesson has taken you the longest to learn? Okay, Oprah. Shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) Don't ever call me out on my And it's a good question. Well, what am I supposed to do? Not ask any of those questions. it's a good question, questions. right? It's a like, good question. Oprah doesn't, Oprah doesn't own the question. Right, she right. don't own them. You should, so. You're right. <laughs> right, cut to tomorrow, Oprah calling you. Like, um, <laughs> we're suing you for stealing our Right, questions. Harpo Studios calling. Right, and you're like, oh my God, my big break. And it's like, <laughs> totally not. And you're like, oh, why is life right. always doing this to me? I'm like, we're sending you a cease and desist. Right, like, right. <sighs> God. Um, oh God. Okay, so I've thought about this, and the one that's taking me the longest to learn is one that my mom would tell me all the time whenever I like got fired from a job or something. <laughs> she would always say, "How? What would she say exactly?" She would say, "She'd say, what the hell is wrong with you? Get another job." <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, oh, she would say because I would be. This bout of unemployment has been very, I've been, I've, been, I've felt very relaxed and very grateful. And so, and I mm-hmm. feel like I'm, I feel okay. Yeah, but this cur- my, you're currently unemployed. Yes. yes. <laughs> but my previous bouts of unemployment were met with so much depression, so yes. much despair, yeah, so girl. much anxiety, like crippling. Like I was like, like, I was just yeah. not okay. And I would just constantly be stressed about the fact that I don't have a job and it would make me feel trapped and make me feel like I don't have my freedom. And then that's just spiral, right? And she would always tell me um, that I shouldn't be worrying about things I can't control, right? And I would always just be like, easy for you to say or like whatever, like, or like, you know, I would just like shrug it off and- Yeah. But now I'm realizing like, Oh, that's like a spiritual practice to like not worry about things that you can't control. It is. You know, and we need to be practicing that. And I do feel better now that I've really kind of figured out how to practice that for myself. Okay, but let's be real. You are currently on unemployment and you're making more money than you did when you were working. I'm making the same amount. Is this, okay, right. Um, are you spiritual or are you just not working? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, no, no. That's real. That's a mean? real question, right? Like, and I will say, like, part of my personal journey has been me leaning into my privileges that I do have more. Because before I would mm-hmm. just be like, oh, I'm unemployed. Like, I can't do anything until I get a job. And I would just be like on my computer all day applying for jobs miserably. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, literally hundreds of jobs, every single bout of unemployment. So I don't want to hear it, but <laughs> right. in addition to the jobs that you applied out of college. Oh yeah. So like, we're talking hundreds of jobs, people. Oh, this, this has- bout of, this bout of unemployment, I've applied for 165. Right. She's almost up to like probably 800. All jobs that I'm hundred percent qualified for. I've started applying for jobs in different States. Like I, 
it's crazy out here. It's crazy out here, right? Mm-hmm. And not to mention the real stigmas that work against me, right? Like, who knows? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I mean, I've had like a bunch of interviews and offers, but the offers I've had have been like not livable. So what am I going to do? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, a part of that for me has been to like lean into my privileges more, right? So I do come from a lot of financial privilege that even if I didn't have unemployment, my mom would help me and take care of me. And she would do that. Um, would you I mean, move she back would... with her? Ha! No. Um, You're like, that, not I w- that I w- privilege. Not, r- no, I am. No, yeah, yeah, she yeah. would let me, but I don't, right, I would, would not want to. Would. Um, you know, I would have to be unemployed for a long time for that to be happening. Um, but yeah. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to live my life <laughs> and still have a good time and not worry about the money because I don't, I don't need to worry about the money, you know, like, I don't know. And I and feel so, you because it won't do anything. It literally doesn't make a difference. Right. Like, yeah. cause you're already taking and- action. You're already applying. I think people mistake worrying with I'm doing something about it. Exactly. Right. So that, and that's the thing, right? Because I would be doing everything I can. Like I apply for jobs every week, right? I am doing the right things, but I was still punishing myself. Right. Like beyond that, because I didn't have a job. Right. And I felt like I needed to, in order to have any, have real financial freedom, but I actually am lucky enough to have some financial freedom or enough for me I don't know, like, and also I'm just taking it day by day, right? Because I also know that I've been hired from, for jobs in like a second, Mm -hmm. right? Like I could be employed tomorrow, right? Like that's honestly the reality of the game. That's what I meant. You know, when we hung out like the other week, you were like, why do you, you know, when you say like things can change and in this, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. That's what those moments where Mm-hmm. It your, your current situation says nothing literally says nothing about anything you can't judge it you have to be careful about how you judge it so exactly yeah. there's a great story in Eckhart's book it's basically the maybe story you'll come across it but it's like a, it's like a page long but basically it's like there's a man who he he he, he wins the lottery And then all of his family and friends are like, wow, you're so lucky. Oh my gosh. Like, good for you. Blah, 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 blah. And he, and they're like, oh my God, your life's going to be great now. And he's like, maybe Maybe. Mm. the next day homeboy gets in a car accident. Right. And then he is in the hospital and then he's in the hospital and his friends, his friends or family are visiting him. And they're like, oh my God, like you're in the hospital. Like, oh, this is so terrible. Oh my God. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, maybe the guy who was staying next to him in the hospital ended up falling in love with him and they ended up getting married and having a great life. And then when they got married, everyone's like, oh my God, aren't you so lucky that you found like the love of your life in the hospital? And he's like, maybe the next day homeboy cheats on him. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's basically kind of ups and downs, but homeboy is just like, maybe, maybe, or like, yeah, like, like, and that's so real. And in, in a lot of ways, like, and with, with regards to like the, the pandemic, I think about like, the life I was supposed to have in 2020 and in 2021, like literally like the beginning of 2020 was like, everything was so on the up and up. I got my, I had my dream job, my dream part-time job. I was making money again. Like it was like, everything was so great. And then the pandemic happened and I lost both of my jobs eventually, 
basically due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to do any of my travel plans. I was supposed to go to Samoa. I was supposed to go to Japan. I was supposed to go to Egypt, like all within this past year. And none of that happened. But instead, honestly, something better happened. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like I went to, I took a Pacific Coast Highway road trip. (laughs) Something better happened. I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, honestly, like I've had so much time to just like, relax and be with myself and like work on myself and paint and like do my yoga and date around a little bit a little bit bit. (laughs) and um I I just feel like you can kind of have an idea for your fantasy but you probably are gonna have something better than that yeah for real you know and something completely different and I'm just so open to to all of those possibilities that is so beautiful, girl. What are you most grateful for? Um, I would say my health. Mm, tea. Honestly, like tea, tea, tea. Yeah. I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm glad that, like, my body can give me, like, such a full experience, you know? Like, not to say that if I lost my ability to move my body that I still wouldn't have a full experience, but I don't know. I, I I like, I like what I'm doing. I like what I'm experiencing on this planet with my body. Right. I mean, subjective. That's what you have now. This is the body you have now. Mm. And, and that I'm going to be stuck with, right. For the rest of my life, probably I'll still have all my parts by the end of it. And that's all you have at the end of the day. Like one of my love languages is physical touch. And for me, I realized like physical touch allows me to feel more present or it helps me feel more present and it helps me kind of have a a sense Mm. of reality, you know, like being an agnostic person, I'm constantly like, I I, am like constantly questioning what's real, but when I'm like with someone and I'm touching them, it's like, oh my God, like you're real. And your love for me is real in this moment because we're touching. Like that's just, it helps me kind of ground, which is nice. You know, yeah. so I feel like we got to do what we want to do with our bodies, man. You have to adorn them how you want. You have to enjoy them how you want. Eat what you want, right? Like, fuck who you want with consent. <laughs> like, right. And really, like, get a good run out of it. Like, God damn, that is a good answer. <laughs> I love that. But the body, as when you, especially when you said adorning, it's like, yeah, that's what the body is for, also. Mm-hmm. It's a canvas. It's mm-hmm. it's a table. It's mm-hmm. you know I don't know that that was weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you put things on it. That I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's a chair. It's, it's a chair. A... <laughs> it's a punching bag. It's <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I love that your body can be so many things and not only like your body on the outside but your brain right like where you can go in your imagination us as human beings we're so special because we can think the way we do you know plants can do that I mean plants are doing other things that we can't do like no shade to plants we love plants but like you know like we need to I think there's something so special about that that we need to like really pay attention to and work on connecting with in a healthy way I think about Italy right like in Italy, there's a blue, there's a blue zone, right? And a blue zone is a place 
where well blue zone is a place where they have the most 100 plus year olds right so there's a blue zone in italy there's a blue zone in japan and i think there's a blue zone in california mm-hmm. and like a couple other places but um the one in the the blue zone in italy it's like they interviewed i was watching a documentary and they were interviewing the 100 year old people and they're like what do you do every day and they're like i wake up i have a coffee i go to the store i see my friend i have a glass of wine i have a cigar they're 100 years old and they drink wine every day, cigars every day. They eat pasta, carbs every day. It's not these substances in and of themselves aren't bad, right? Like yeah. the key is to have a connection, have like a purpose and a, an intention, right? A healthy one. Yes. And I think you can like very true. live a very dignified life um, in that way. But that's what I mean. Like, I feel like as a human being, I want to- This mic has being, been through it. <laughs> I know. As a human being, like I want to experience the things that I feel like I, I can do in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, that was it for the fire round questions that took us very long to get through. Uh, <laughs> I know that wasn't fire round at all. That was like a slow burn, right. like <laughs> an incense round. I I can't. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, man. You know, honestly, I never know how to say thank you to my guests without sounding contrived. Cause they're they're all my friends, so I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> right. <laughs> right um so i'm gonna see you later right at the at the spot yeah right all right i'll see you tonight um (laughs) no for real thank you for being excuse me thank you for (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being a queen honestly period like okay this is not me bullshitting you like and being an interviewer i'm just saying this i'm actually like this is me talking as chad your friend um, Who's he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for like honestly being a queen, like a confident, um, authentic, brave, um, kind, wanting to get it right person that you are. Oh, that's so nice to say. I feel very seen by you. You honestly inspire me to be a, like you in a lot of ways. More brave, giving myself permission to say what I need to say. Um, Cause you give yourself permission and then you ask those of people around you, you encourage people to say what's mm-hmm. in their mind, mm-hmm. you know, not to be mean, but to, you know, to say it, you need to say what you need to say. And cause there's really no alternative. Yeah. So you inspire me to be brave for, um, and um, yeah. And I'm very sure that you will do the same with other people and people who are listening and the people who know you and the people who will know you in the future. And now you're frozen. Unfortunately, this is where Nicole's camera freezes and we lose connection, but it's all good because we were just saying bye and we said everything we wanted to say. I want to thank her again for being on my podcast and being her wonderful self. And thank you to everyone who listened. I hope y'all enjoyed it and um, I'll catch y'all in the next one. Bye, guys. And that wraps it up for this episode. Make sure to subscribe to Beauty and the Guest and don't forget to leave a review. You can follow Beauty and the Guest on Instagram at Beauty and the Guest Podcast, as well as following me at Chad the Diamond on all social media platforms. Can't wait to catch you next time. Bye.